Welcome to Morning Soap. At Fusion Church, our desire is to see everyone attend church and hear from God daily through His Word. The Bible reveals God's responses to various situations, and through daily devotions, we can reshape our thought patterns, transform our minds, and become more Christ-like. Join us here every Monday through Friday as different pastors and leaders from Fusion Church provide insightful devotions and teachings based on the day's scripture. For the current SOAP reading plan, visit fusionchurch.cc SOAP and join us as we deepen our understanding and relationship with God. Good morning, good morning, Fusion Church. All right, all right. Freedom Friday is here again. Woo-hoo. Some of us are still waking up. I'm still waking up. But you know, we made it. We made it to Friday. Praise the Lord. Praise God. You know, and today, today we are in First Chronicles 29. You know, uh, let's just begin with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this is the day that you have made. I thank you for your word, and I thank you that you would just speak through us, Father. Let it be you and not us, Father. I pray that you would meet all of our needs, Father God. And I just thank you for everyone who is watching and listening. Thank you for this day. Thank you for the freedom that we have in Christ Jesus, Father. Thank you for your blessings. In your name we pray, amen and amen. All right, all right, stretch if you need to. All right, and my lovely Sandra with the word, amen. Okay, good morning. I am in the NIV version. Uh, again, First Chronicles chapter 29, starting with verse 1. It says, Then King David said to the whole assembly, My son Solomon, The one whom God has chosen is young and inexperienced. The task is great because this palatial structure is not for man, but for the Lord God. With all my resources, I have provided for the temple of my God, gold for the gold work, silver for the silver, bronze for the bronze, iron for the iron, and wood for the wood, as well as onyx for the settings, turquoise, stones of various colors, and all kinds of fine stone and marble all of these in large quantities. Because in my devotion to the temple of my God, I now give my personal treasures of gold and silver for the temple of my God over and above everything I have provided for this holy temple, 3,000 talents of gold, gold of Ophir, and 7,000 talents of refined silver for the overlaying of the walls of the buildings, for the gold work and the silver work, and for all the work to be done by the craftsmen. Now, who is willing to consecrate himself today to the Lord? Then the leaders of families, the officers of the tribes of Israel, the commanders of thousands and commanders of hundreds, and the officials in charge of the king's work gave willingly. They gave toward the work on the temple of God, 5,000 talents and 10,000 darics of gold, 10,000 talents of silver, 18,000 talents of bronze, and 100,000 talents of iron. Any who had precious stones gave them to the treasury of the temple of the Lord in the custody of Jehiel the Gershonite. The people rejoiced at the willing response of their leaders, for they had given greatly and wholeheartedly to the Lord. David the king also rejoiced greatly. 
David praised the Lord in the presence of the whole assembly, saying, Praise be to you, O Lord, God of our father Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor. For everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours, O Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. Wealth and honor come from you. You are the ruler of all things. In your hands are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. Now, our God, we give you thanks and praise your glorious name. But who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? Everything comes from you and we have given you only what comes from your hand. We are aliens and strangers in your sight as as were all our forefathers. Our days on earth are like a shadow without hope, O Lord, our God. As for all this abundance that we have provided for the building we're building you a temple for your holy name. It comes from your hand and all of it belongs to you. I know, my God, that you test the heart and are pleased with integrity. All these things I have, excuse me, have I given willingly and with honest intent. And now I have seen with joy how willing, how willingly your people are here uh, have given to you. O oh Lord, God of our fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, keep this desire in our house—excuse me, in our hearts of your people forever, and keep their hearts loyal to you. And give my son Solomon the wholehearted devotion to keep your commands, requirements, and decrees, and to do everything to build the palatial structure for which I have provided. Then David said to the whole assembly, "Praise the Lord your God!" So they all praised the Lord the God of their fathers, they bowed low and fell prostrate before the Lord and the King. The next day they made sacrifices to the Lord and presented burnt offerings to him, a thousand bulls, a thousand rams, and a thousand male lambs together with their drink offerings and their sacrifices in abundance for all Israel. They ate and drank with joy in the presence of the Lord that day. Then they acknowledged Solomon, son of David, as king a second time, anointing him before the Lord to be ruler and Zadok to the priest. So Solomon sat on the throne of the Lord as king in place of his father, David. He prospered and all Israel obeyed him. All the officers and mighty men, as well as all of David's King David's sons, pledged their submission to King Solomon. The Lord highly exalted Solomon in the sight of all Israel and bestowed on him royal splendor, such as no king over Israel ever had before. David, son of Jesse, was king over all Israel. He ruled over Israel 40 years, seven in Hebron and 33 in Jerusalem. He died at a good old age, having enjoyed long life, wealth, and honor. His son Solomon succeeded him as king. As for the events of King David's reign from beginning to end, they're written in the records of Samuel, the seer, the records of Nathan and the prophet and the the records of Gad, the seer, together with the details of his reign and power and the circumstances that surrounded him and Israel and the kingdoms of all the other lands. Amen.
Amen. All right. Thank you, Sandra. Good, good word, good word, good word. Wow, wow, wow. You know, here, here, here again, we, we, we find uh, King David, you know, he's already talking to the people. Uh, in uh, the chapter before this one, he was already uh, sharing the information of the temple with Solomon. He was giving him his plans. He was giving him his gold. He was, uh, David was just presenting everything uh, because he wanted to draw the people closer to God, you know, and 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 he says there in, first, in verse one, he says, furthermore, King David said to all the assembly, my son Solomon, whom alone God has chosen, is young and inexperienced. So it, it starts right off by, by, saying, by saying that God chose Solomon, you know, God chose Solomon. And he also said that he is young and inexperienced. You know, before we go into a battle, before we're going to transition from being a uh, king to my son being a king, I, am I going to say that my, my son is inexperienced and he's going to be leading the kingdom? Those were those were words that that you know can can you know come back at you, you know. But then he says he says uh, inexperienced and the work is great. So then he adds more to it. The work he's inexperienced, but the work is great because the the temple is not for men, but it's for God. So he points out the fact that his young his son is young he's inexperienced but he also points out points out that he was chosen by God God does not do something just because whatever you know he has a plan he has a plan you know it, it says in Romans 830 whom whom God has predestined he also called and whoever he calls he also justifies and whom he justified there he also glorifies. In other words, whom God calls, God prepares. God makes a way for this individual. And God always takes the strange things <laughs> of this world to baffle us, you know, to baffle us. And here he's putting this young man in, in position. But look, in, in the next in the next uh, uh, book, uh, in Second Chronicles, you know, the Lord goes, the Lord goes to uh to Solomon, he says, what do you want? What do you want? And the first thing that Solomon says in, in 2 Chronicles 1, he says, and God asked Solomon, what shall I give you, Solomon? And he answered and said, give me wisdom and knowledge that I may judge your people. So you see, he already, God already knew Solomon. God already knew how he was going to respond to the call. So, so even though he is, he is young, and even though he may not be experienced, God was going to equip him. God was going to equip him. So if we are in a place in our lives, you know, that we, you know, are trying to figure things out and we're not sure, you know, or, or we're not sure that we're perfect enough, that we're not sure that we are able enough, whom God calls, he qualifies. Whom God, and you are all qualified, you know, because you all have been called. You all have been chosen. So we don't have to worry so much what we're going to do because God, it's already there. You know, and also David also had the desire to always build the temple, you know, always build it. He always had, and he always expressed this, you know, that he wanted to build the house of the Lord. But of course, the Lord told him, no, but your son shall build my house because you are a man of war. You know, in my house, you know, it's going to be a holy house and you cannot build it. But you know what? That didn't stop David. 
Just because, you know, the door was closed that he couldn't build the house, David said, well, what can I do? Well, let me contribute. Let me, let me help in this process. Let me help in this process. And David did. And in, and in verse in verse two, he says, and, and now, now for the house of my God, David is telling the people, because he's talking to them that they, I have prepared with all my might. He says, with all my might. That means that he's been working hard. He's been working hard. He says, gold for the things made out of gold, silver for the things made out of silver, bronze for the things that are made out of bronze, iron for the things of iron, wood for the things of the wood, stones, you know, to be set aside, glistering stone for various colors, all kinds of precious stones and marbles. So, you know, so David has been piling this up for years, you know, for the, for the temple. You know, he's pre-planning. He's pre-planning, you know, because he already knew that he that that temple was going to be built in the future, but David wasn't waiting for that moment. He already started putting things aside. You know, it is believed that you know that some of these donations that David had, you know, were from the spoils of war, because every time they went and they conquer a nation, every time they were at war, with their, after the war, they were able to gather some of those spoils, you know, some of the, uh, the stuff that was there, and that becomes part of his own uh, personal, uh, the, you know, richness, you know, so it's believed that he has some of that put away, and in verse 3, it goes into saying, moreover, because I have set my affection on the house of the Lord, in other words, he was giving himself all to the house of the Lord. And above all, I have prepared for the holy house my own special treasure of gold and silver. So again, he's emphasizing that I have put this aside for the temple. You know, I have been putting this aside and I'm, and I'm going to surrender it now. You know, and it goes into verse four, 3,000 talents of gold, you know, uh, 7,000 talents of refined silver to overlay the walls of the house. You know, so David, you know, he served the kingdom, you know, for 40 years, you know, for 40 years he served the kingdom, you know, so he must accumulate quite a personal treasure himself, quite a personal, okay. he contribute, he contribute a hundred tons of gold. Wow. Think about that. A hundred tons of gold. You know, I cannot perceive that. 250 tons of silver. And that's his personal treasury, not the kingdom's treasury. That's totally separated. So that's David's, you know. So all David did, you know, and, and as his devotion, this was his devotion to the Lord. His devotion, his worship towards the Lord, you know, because he loved the Lord. You know, this was an offering, you know, of consecration, you know, to the Lord, you know, he, so he was offering, oh God, you know, so God, but again, all this stuff is being offered, but God is not interested in, in your material possessions, okay, don't get me wrong, God's not interested in what you have, you know, you know, he's interested in what's in our hearts, you know, and David's heart was to to bless the Lord. David's heart was to, to build the temple for the Lord. You know, that was what David's heart, you know, you know, and by also by giving so much to the temple and people were watching and he's telling them this, this caused uh, the other leaders 
to get involved. So he was motivating them, you know, and this is for the house of the Lord. You know, and it goes into, into verse five. It says, for gold, for the things of gold and for silver, for the things of silver and for all kinds of work to be done by the hands of craftsmen, you know, who this is willing to concentrate, consecrate themselves to the Lord. So he throws the question out there, who is willing to get closer to the Lord? Who is willing to contribute? You know, he was bringing them on board. You know, because it's not just about me giving unto the Lord. Come on, let's all give unto the Lord. And that's what we as a church always need to do is to support what the church is doing. It's to support one another. It's to support ministry. Ministry. And I know you guys on EHT, there's a lot of stuff happening at EHT. You know, walls are coming down. Things are going up. People are painting. People are working in the temple of the Lord. So there's always something going on. And, and, and David wanted to bring everybody on board. And this morning, I want to bring everybody on board. Fusion is on a move right now. Fusion is on a move. And we got to get ready. And we got to stop planning things out now, you know, for the kingdom of God, you know, for the kingdom of God and, 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 and meet the needs of the house. So the call was giving. Who was willing to give them themselves? And guess what? People stepped up. People stepped up. In verse 6, it says, the leaders and the fathers of the houses and the leaders of the tribes of Israel, the captains of thousands and those of a hundred, you know, they gave offerings. They were willingly giving, willingly giving. They didn't feel like somebody would have their arm behind their back and was twisting them a little bit. You know, you got to give, you got to give. No, but they were doing it from the heart, you know, and God always honors that. Whatever you do for the Lord, do it with a willing heart. We do it with a willing heart because when we do it with a willing heart, he is honored by that, you know. So, in other words, I can give all the finances I, uh, I can give and I can work and work and work for the kingdom. But if my heart's not in it, it has no value. It has no value if my heart is not in it. And David was looking after the heart and he knew that the Lord was always looking after the heart, you know. So he says, anybody that is willing, you know, and they gave, you know, and they gave it there for the work of the house, the leaders, 500, 5,000 talents. You know, they gave, you know, 10,000 dinars of gold, 10,000 talents of silver, 18,000 talents of bronze, and so on. So they gave, they gave, you know, and whoever had precious stones, they, you know, surrendered into the temple. So they were giving, the people were giving from, and they were willing to give, you know, and it goes into verse nine, which is a nice verse right there. It says, and the people rejoice. Come on now. The people rejoice, you know, for they offer willingly because with a, lo a loyal heart, they had offered willingly to the Lord. And King David also rejoiced greatly, you know. So they were giving, they were rejoicing in the giving, you know. So, you know, and God, you know, and you know, this is a God thing. When everybody is rejoicing while they're giving. Nobody was crying. 
Oh no, I got to turn this over, you know? Okay, I got to open up my drawers. Okay, okay, I got to get my jewelry over. You know, nobody was complaining. They were all willingly giving unto the king. And, you know, and God is honored by that. God is honored when we give willingly. So David, in, in all this, David is teaching us to do it willingly, you know, to do it from the heart, you know, to surrender it from the heart, you know. But again, not everyone can give. Come on now. Come on now. Not everybody can give. Some of us can and some of us, you know, we, you know, we, you know, we might be struggling, but they were whoever was there, you know, if they were able to to give what they had, they were able to give what they had, and everyone shared in this rejoicing. Everyone shared. It didn't matter who gave what, because that was not the thing. It was just that everybody was giving what they can, and they were rejoicing in the Lord. They were they were being blessed by what they were doing. And they go and they go and again. After David said, they saw all this, David was rejoicing. He was rejoicing in all this. And David does that prayer. I'm not going to get into all all these verses because there's so many, but I'm just going to touch on a couple of them in the verses, you know, from 10 to 20. that, That was the prayer. But in verse 10, it says, and David blessed the Lord before the assembly. And David said, blessed are you, Lord God of Israel, our father forever and ever. You know, so he was focusing on God because this was not about David. This was not also about Solomon, but this was about God. He was pointing to God, you know, and it says in verse 12, it says, both riches and honor come from you. So everything comes from God. Whatever we have comes from God. You and you reign over all. In your hand is power and might. In your hand, it is to make great. And to give strength to all. So the Lord will give strength to all. I like that little portion at the end of that verse. He will give strength to all. You know, when we give unto the Lord, when we surrender it unto the Lord, when we when we just worship him, when we just praise him, when we just honor him, he will give us strength. He will carry us through whatever it is that we're facing today. He will take us to the next step, to the next level. So I love that portion that he will give strength to all. You know, it doesn't say that he will give strength to the ones that gave the most. You know, and he held it back from the guys that gave a little bit. He says that he will give strength to all. So it's whatever we can give, whatever we can give, and whatever level the Lord has us, you know. And and we're talking about giving here, but it's also our own personal walk with the Lord. What are we doing for the kingdom of God? You know, if we're in a group, you know, and freedom, come on now, freedom is right around the corner. It's right around the corner. Come on, and 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 we're getting and we're getting all psyched, and we're getting and we can putting everything together. But guess what? The enemy's attacking. The enemy's attacking. He's hitting us left and right. He's trying to clip us down, you know, take the rugs over our feet. He wants us to fall. But guess what? As we do it unto the Lord, as we press on and as we move forward, God will give strength to all. Come on now. To all. So if you if you are being a little frustrated this morning because things are happening, is accounting to all joy when you fall into trials and tribulation. 
because they are perfecting you. They are making you stronger because when we go through the struggles, when we go through the storm, you know, we tend to turn to the Lord. Come on now. We turn to open up our Bible maybe just a little bit more. You know what I mean? We turn to, 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 to pray a little bit more. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. You know, we call upon the name of the Lord, you know, but, but, but that's all good. That's still all good because God takes all that for his good. He takes all that and he hears us, you know, and he's willing to bless us because, you know, he, he wants our hearts again. He wants our heart. And he goes, it goes into, uh, I got to keep going here because time is flying. And he goes, and all those that were giving willingly, you know, and David rejoiced, you know, and, and the riches, you know, that, that, that were brought into the kingdom, you know, God bless them all. God bless them all. And and they and it goes into verse 16. Oh Lord, our God, all the this abundance have we prepared to build you a house, in other words, the temple, for your holy name and for your hand. And it and it all belongs to you. So God is the one that already gives us what we need. God is the, our provider. He meets our needs every day. Every day. When we wake up in the morning, the first thing we do is you stretch out a little bit, you know what I mean? And you stretch out your feet, but then you're breathing, you know. So that's a breath that the Lord has given you in the morning. He's giving you the energy to get out of bed. He's helping you along the way, you know. So every day, you know, we just need to press on. We just need to, to give him the praise, to give him the glory. Because look what it says. Look what it says in verse 17. It says, I know also, my God, that you test the hearts and have pleasure in upright, uprighteousness. You know, as for me, uprighteousness of the heart, I have willingly offered in these things. And now with joy, with joy, I have seen your people also present here and offer and, and offer, offering willingly to you. So David was rejoicing because people were with joy. You know, when we draw close to God, you know, joy comes out. I don't know about you, but if I haven't, am I having a that's a good day, you know, and I start and I start meditating on the Lord and I start worshiping God in my own way, because I am a little crazy sometimes when I worship. I do move around. I I I know that my Sandra, she moves up there. She's going like this up there. She's praising God, you know. And that, and again, I said this before, but that just turns me on. I'm, and I'm in the background, and I'm up, I'm in a, and I'm going like this, and I just want to praise God because God desires our hearts. And when we are there, and when we surrender it to God, and we rejoice in Him, guess what? Joy, joy, joy comes in. Joy comes in, and that joy changes the atmosphere. That joy changes the situation. That joy, you may come into church one day and feel a little bit frustrated, feel a little bit sad, feel a little bit like you're going through something. But when you start worshiping God, when you start praising God, when you start surrendering to God, and when you start getting into the words of worship and understand what those words are saying, that I will praise you, Lord, I worship you, I thank you, Lord, you know, and when we do all that stuff, you know, we are releasing, we are releasing an offering, a praise unto God. And guess what? God is honored when we open up our mouths and when we worship him and when we praise him, the atmosphere changes. The atmosphere, and that's what was happening here. They were coming, they were worshiping, they were praising God. Lucas, look, oh my God, what time is it again? 
Oh, man, my ooh, day's going quick. Verse 20 says, and David said to all the assembly, now bless the Lord, oh, bless the Lord your God. So all the assembly blessed the Lord God, their father, and bowed their heads and prostrated themselves before the Lord and king. So they all were blessing God. They were all worshiping God. They were all praising God because there was such a movement of his presence. Because when we worship God and his presence is in the atmosphere, things change. Things change. Things get turned around, you know. And, and, and we said that they were prostrating themselves. In other words, they were throwing themselves on the ground. I'm not telling you to throw yourself on the ground, you know. But, you know, sometimes you do what you got to do. And sometimes we do. Sometimes we do, you know. And I'm, and, and I'm waiting to see more of that because that's just humbling ourselves. Because why? Because the king of kings deserves that and more. And they worship God and they were praising the Lord. So this was a perfect opportunity that they were doing all this. And it says there that they were, they were blessing the Lord. They, was, they, were, they gave sacrifices unto the Lord. They gave offerings unto the Lord. And right at this moment, you know, and I'm bringing it to a conclusion, you know, that it says that they ate and they drank before the Lord God with gladness with gladness. That's what happens when we worship God. That's what happens when we praise God. Joy comes in. Gladness comes in. You know, that sad feeling that we had when we first went in, that's gone. Why? Because it is replaced by the presence of God, that presence of God, that anointing of God, that Shekinah glory of God that only comes when we verbally praise and when we verbally worship him because why because when we speak it out the atmosphere has to change whatever is there that it shouldn't be there has to leave why because the presence of god breaks every chain breaks every barrier removes every obstacles you know so when we come in we worship him and we praise him and they were there and they says there in verse 22 and they ate and they drank before the lord with great Gladness, not just gladness, great gladness. That's what the presence of God does, you know. And David, you know, he was he, he was there, and his and, and Solomon, you know, his son, you know, they they anointed uh, Solomon at that particular time, and they made him king. They made him king, and it says in verse twenty-three, and Solomon sat on the throne of the Lord as king instead of David and his father, and and prospered. And all Israel obey him and prosper. When things are done in order, when things are done to give God the praise and the honor, you know, God has a way of blessing us beyond imagination. Because it's not always about financial need. It's also about our spiritual need. What is our spiritual need is that we need the Lord more. Because that when we come to him, when we turn to him, and when we worship him, and when we praise him, things change and he will meet our needs you know according to his riches in glory and again david and i'm done now david david you know he he served as king for 40 years you know and he says that he died a good old age good old age that means that his life wasn't taken from him that it means that you know that he that he died uh, being sick and all that he says he says he died a good old age Full of days, full of days, key words. In other words, he wasn't lacking anything. 
He was full of the presence of God. He was full, you know, of, of God's uh, blessings. And he says, and riches and honor, you know, and his son reigned in his place. So David lived a long and full life. Now, again, David wasn't perfect. David made mistakes, but he always turned to the Lord. He always surrendered to the Lord. And every time he did that, that's why God, you know, he doesn't look at what we have done, the negative stuff, because he says that that goes into the sea of forgetfulness. You know, he doesn't remember those things no more, you know, and all those things are passed away. But he looks at us and he says, well done, my faithful servant. Well done. That's what he told David. So David did what he felt that the Lord needed to receive from him. He gave unto the Lord and God honored that and his son reigned. And the people obey his son. What a beautiful testimony that is, that we can come to the end of the race, you know, victorious, you know. And of course, all the things are going to happen in the, oh, the next chapters that are coming up. But you know what? If we are faithful to God, you know, he is faithful to us. He will meet our needs. So whatever it is that we have been dealing with and going through, you know, surrender it to the Lord. He is faithful to carry you through it. He promised that he would never leave you, nor forsake you, nor abandon you. He has you in the palm of his hands. You know, and when we surrender to him, he holds us and he says things are going to be all right. So focus on the Lord. Focus on the Lord. And as we get ready for Freedom Conference, it's time for us to dig in a little bit deeper. Dig in a little bit deeper because, yes, it's, it was, some of us are struggling. Some of us are struggling. So much going on. But, you know, the victory is already ours. It wouldn't be no struggle. It wouldn't be no struggle if we weren't going to get a blessing. The struggle means that there's a blessing coming. And the enemy is trying to stop it. The struggle is that it's going to be victory, that it's going to be healing, that it's going to be restoration, that it's going to be deliverance. But it's saying here that marriages are going to come together, that have been dealing with all kinds of issues. Our children are going to come back to the Lord, you know. Our families are going to be healed. You know, marriages are going to be restored. That's why there's a struggle. That's why things get hard. So focus on the Lord. Give him the praise. Give him the glory. Even when you don't feel it, because it's not about feeling. Praise him. Worship him. Put on that music. Worship him. You know, and just surrender to him. And guess what? You're going to be rejoicing. You're going to be glad. Why? Because the Lord is going to fill you up overflow. He doesn't fill you up halfway. He says that there's an overflow coming. That's word of prophecy some of you. Words of prophecy that there's going to be an overflow coming your way. So you got to get ready, get ready. Like T.D. Jake says, get ready, get ready, get ready, because it's coming, because it's coming, because we're expecting breakthrough. We're expecting deliverance. We're expecting healing. We're expecting restoration. And again, my time is over. I went over four minutes. Oh my goodness, six, you know, but you know what? God is good. God is good. Anyway, my brothers and sisters, I love you. Please keep your focus. Please keep your focus. You know, spend that time with the Lord. Get ready. If you don't expect nothing to come, nothing's going to come. But be expecting the blessing. It's already yours. It's already yours in Christ Jesus. All right? Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this moment. I just thank you for this time. I pray that you will just bless my brothers and my sisters, Father God, that you will just meet their needs according to your riches and glory. Thank you for healing. Thank you for restoration. Thank you for peace. Thank you for joy. Thank you for gladness. Thank you for deliverance. Thank you for the hope that you are giving them right now. Thank you for filling their lives with more of you.
Father God, and I just thank you for their victory because their victory is our victory, Father. So I just pray over them, Father, and I pray for the, the Freedom Conference, Lord God. How are you going to move, my Lord God? How are you going to use your, your children, Father God? I just thank you in advance for their victory. Thank you, Father, for today. Meet them, keep them, and guide them, Father God. For I ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. All right, all right, all right. Well, have a blessed weekend. Hope to see you guys soon. Keep your focus. Keep your focus. Love you.